First of all, it's clear that our Lord intended to give us this gift of the miracle of the Eucharist. He was thinking ahead of time. We see some Old Testament, what I call those Easter eggs, those little hints and spoilers in the Old Testament volumes of our story that make sense in themselves, but also make more sense in the light of the New Testament gifts in the case of the miracle of the Eucharist. Jesus giving himself as the bread from heaven for us to eat. Um, the way we see in this gospel story, which for us, we keep running into this gospel story. Read, we read the second episode of the feeding of the 7,000 yesterday. For some reason, our Lord's bringing us back to it. But in this case, I want to draw your attention to how he takes the five loaves, looks up to heaven, raises his eyes to heaven, says the blessing, breaks the bread, and he gave it to his disciples. Where do you see the exact same sequence? At the Last Supper. Raising his eyes to heaven, he gave thanks, takes the bread, breaks it, gives it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you. And to the disciples, he would distribute it to the crowd. So it's, it's, a, it's a very close parallel. It seems like even the writer of the, of the epistle of the gospel, St. Luke in this case, made a connection for that. And that's lastly, just a very random curveball thought. But we are in the presence of the miracle. The, not the miracle. Remember, with the Eucharist, with Lanciano and other miracles, there's two miracles. The one that we always have at the Mass. Because the bread and wine always miraculously transform into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. In Lanciano, we have two miracles. That it happens, and that you can see it. But it's interesting because the miracle of the Eucharist, you know, uh, Mike, are you a Doctor Who fan? I saw you slip with that. Doctor Who? No? Closet? Closet Doctor Who fan. So he's in denial. Anyway, there's one episode called Gallifrey Dies No More. Gallifrey Falls No More. And it's an interesting story of a city that in the history of the time period, it, it was a war and, and the city was collapsing. You find out in hindsight, modern times, there's a mysterious painting that the, movies, the episode is all about. And this painting is so realistic of the fall of Gallifrey, this town or this civilization, planet really. Um, you find out that the picture was what someone did to stop the fall of Gallifrey from happening. They froze the moment in time in this picture. If that helps you, great, Dr. E fans. But you can also, I would, I would go to Frozen, okay? So Elsa and Anna, and that moment, you've heard me say this before for the Eucharist, like the moment when Anna, in the first movie, raises her arm and stops the blade of who? Hans. Come on, people, not Kristoff. Hans. Stops the blade and saves her sister's life, even as she herself is laying down her life and she's frozen, hence the name of the movie. She's frozen. And try to imagine Elsa as she embraces the now statue, memorializing her sister's sacrifice for her. Elsa embracing the statue of Anna, who laid down her life for her sister. That statue not only reminds Elsa of what happened, but it is the moment of it happening. It's the miracle prolonged. We can share, like, if the movie were PG-13, like, that would be the end of Anna, and the statue would have been there for years, and, but you would see, the, imagine the new guy who comes into town, and he sees that Queen Elsa always goes and spends hours in front of this statue of her sister, long dead sister, Anna. And the newcomer to town would have said, why does 
Elsa spends so much time in front of that beautiful statue. I mean, it's a nice work of art. My goodness, it's a really realistic looking image of her sister Anna. It's an amazing artist. But why spend so much time there? And then you think that it is what it reminds us of. It is Anna laying down her life for her sister. And that moment encapsulated and prolonged through the ages. Now that's Disney. We have it. Our Lord did it. Our Lord took the moment of his death, suffering death and resurrection, encapsulated it, prolonged it, so that those who were not there physically would one day experience it, even physically, through the door of the sacrament, through the miraculous door of the sacrament, that we would see that moment prolonged in time. And it's a triple moment, actually. It's the, the Last Supper itself, our Lord giving the bread and the wine, and transforms. That moment then taking the crucifixion, which he says at the Last Supper, this is my body, this is the cup of my blood, which will be poured out. It hadn't happened yet. He took Good Friday and he moved it into Holy Thursday as he holds up the chalice, as he holds up the bread. He changed time. He says, this is now the miracle of tomorrow. And what we do is we say in his words, this is now the miracle that happened. He lets time take a time out. And we experience the miracle of the sacrifice, death and resurrection made present and in our own time in our own place, to each one of us. So we have it on display behind us. We can be seeing the flesh of Christ, the blood hardened at the bottom, the blood of Christ. It's visible to us in this miracle of Lanciano, but we receive it every day. And the hope is that Lanciano allows us, with a better understanding of what we do every day, to do what we do every day, or especially every Sunday, with greater intentionality, with greater respect and devotion, greater appreciation that we truly receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ through his own blood and flesh as often as we want. And St. Paul would tell us, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you relive, you proclaim the death and resurrection and glory of the Lord until he comes again. May our faith be increased in the gift that God has given us, and through this gift that God has given us, may our faith increase in the ultimate gift that was given for us, his only beloved Son, in exchange for our sins and unto our salvation. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.